0: Cracking Copy is a marketing and copywriting
1: podcast where we lift the lid on writing for business and read between the lines of effective copy. This is a podcast for creative entrepreneurs and savvy business owners like you who understand the value that great copy can bring to their bottom line. We dive into a different aspect of writing for business in each episode, debunk the
0: myths about how we should write and explore the ways that writing can be fun, conversational and creative, while also being high impact for serious
1: results. So listen, laugh and learn with us, Ella Hoyos and Minnie McBride, as we share our words and wisdom in each snack-sized episode. Expect some light bulb moments, interesting guests and practical takeaways as we crack the copy code together. Hello and welcome to another episode of Cracking Copy. I'm Ella Hoyos, and today I'm delighted to be joined by Claire Cunningham from Wordclap Craft. Claire, Claire and I met through a mutual client. Our paths would have never have crossed if it wasn't for the online business world and websites and Zoom and all the rest of it. But it's lovely to meet you face to face today, Claire. So welcome to the show.
0: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
1: Today, we're going to be talking about user experience and that's why I've come to you, but but introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about you and your business journey so far.
0: So, um, yes, yeah, so I'm Claire. I am from northeast Scotland, Scotland, um, just north of Aberdeen. And I started my business a couple of years ago very much as a way to, to kind of move on from being an English teacher and a school leader, which I had done for 15 years, towards something that um, I was really passionate about being being more creative um helping businesses with the with the skills that I have and also finding a career path for myself that really fitted in with our family dynamics and mm-hmm. um, so that I've got that flexibility of, of being here for my for my little boy and yes one on the way at the at the point of recording
1: <laughs> it's very exciting I think well maybe a few weeks after this go- episode goes live um we'll be welcoming another little yes. <laughs> um, another little person into the world um so that's great and I think over this journey I've seen you become more specialized and certainly you're talking now about specializing in in websites and and user experience which is not necessarily where you started
0: no I, I very much came out of a career in education thinking that I was going to to do a lot of proofreading and editing and that's how we we met uh, on a project Um, you were doing one part of the project I was doing another but it's it's evolved from there I you know f- evolved to become quite a generalist copywriter and now I'm um almost predominantly um looking at website copy for yeah. businesses
1: Yeah. And so we're going to be talking about UX or user experience as its broader term. And We'll come on to what that is and what that isn't. But I am, you know, what got you interested and why did you decide to sort of from websites now to really specialise in the user experience?
0: I think it really stemmed from the businesses that I was working with when I was doing um, the, the website copy or even now as I'm doing the website copy is helping them to. Um, really understand the choices that have been made as a copywriter to you know why is the particular messaging? why are we using that particular messaging? How is that um, relating to their um, ideal clients, you know, um, explaining to them about the the research that I've done to to help me come up with that messaging, but also letting them see how words and design, come together and so that they can give more effective feedback to me um, as well so as opposed to just sending them over a word document like this is what your home page is going to be this is what your services page page your about page really helping them to appreciate um so that they can you know get the, the best value for what they've paid me for why have i chosen to have these things on these pages what's the order you know how are the words going to be translated from that Word document or that Google document or whatever you're using onto a website? What's it going to look like? What's it potentially going to look like? Um, and and I just got really really interested in, in how all those those things come together. How I can make it the best experience for the businesses that I'm working with. The um and and what value I can I can bring to them. Yeah. So that it's it's not just a case of here's a brief. Write some copy for me. Um, it's about um more than that for them.
1: Yeah, it's taking it that extra step to helping them be able to visualize the end result rather than just yeah handing over a document. So there you go. Thanks very much. Right, I'm on to the next thing. Yeah. yeah, that would leave somebody hanging, wouldn't it? But with the user the user experience bit brought in, and I can see how that ties in as well for your teaching career because you're educating clients through the process of you know this is. This is a copy, and this is good, but now let's think how that's gonna look, how it's gonna feel, how it's gonna be received um and yeah, I get it that's good um Can you paint a scenario? Do you have any examples of of what a good user experience journey looks like um i guess versus a, a poor one for for maybe similar businesses
0: sure so um if we use um an example of companies that quite a lot of people will be familiar with. Um a holiday rental company such as, well, let's let's say Airbnb, um, they um are definitely somebody I would consider to have a really good UX um experience for their users. They really tap into voice of customer language, they clearly empathize with um the customer needs. So one of their um bits of copy um says on, on their homepage says stays with flexible cancellation make it easy to rebook if your plans change so as opposed to just identifying the feature which is flexible cancellation or the ben or rather the feature cancellation mm-hmm. uh, cancellation policy the feature being the fact that it's flexible it's it's using that language that a user would use you know oh you know, I I but my plans have a habit of changing, or I know that my plans might change, and so it's it's using that terminology, the, those actual words of the customer to put it in their messaging.
1: Yeah, answering it's, it's, their answering their questions there and then on the page, their most yeah, pressing
0: priority. You know, is
1: I'd, I really want to book a holiday. I'm I'm scared about committing. It's a lot of money. You know, what if it what if it, my plans change?
0: Um, yeah and it feels quite conversational that 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 little bit of copy and um, they've clearly undertaken research um of what people are searching for and curating or categorizing on their page the types of um holidays that people are, are seeking Um the kind of information architecture to use a ux design um term of how they've organized their types of holiday rentals um mm-hmm has done that. So they've got a, a heading and um, with a a group of uh, properties that you can choose from. And the heading says prepare a feast for loved ones in these stays with kitchens and barbecue grills. And you know, as, as somebody that has a family that that might get together with with family and friends, I'm like, that's exactly what I want to do. Yeah. It's not just um that I want to get together with people. I want to prepare a feast with them yeah so i I, feel like you know i feel like that that's the that's the that's the property for me i want to click on this button to find out about these these uh, types of properties that have got gorgeous barbecue grills in their in their in their gardens yeah
1: and they're thinking ahead to the yeah absolutely to the user experience what a person is going away for in the first place they're going to entertain family and friends rather than um many hotels come to it well here's a gallery of our bedrooms and look how lovely they're the furnishings are what have you that that's nice that's nice but that might not be the main reason we're going away not to necessarily stay in a beautifully decorated room more like to have a family gathering or something yeah
0: and then that user experience continues because the the call to action button to look at those properties says let's get cooking so as opposed to saying browse the properties it's let's get cooking um this is kind of a a micro conversion point on the website the person is not ready to book somewhere they just want to to browse Um so they've not quite met the business's goal yet of of booking but it's quite a tantalizing you know bit of text mm-hmm. Um people want to cook in their airbnbs or, or a group of people certainly would want to cook in the airbnbs Um it's only when you get to the final stage, where you've picked the rental property, that you've got the more instructional um, copy. You know, continue or yeah. confirm and pay. So they've they've just kept it very much um, in the words of the user right up until that end point, where it's a lot more functional um, and business oriented. um which which is which is lovely to see. And there's lots of other things that they do on their website that that's great from a user experience perspective but yeah i really love that voice of customer language that they use um,
1: yeah and they've it sounds like they've really thought about the categories of um, holiday makers as well because there'll be plenty of people who don't want to cook And when i go away i do not want to cook that's the whole point for me um but i'm i know that i've used airbnb before and you can choose a different you know you choose your own adventure don't you You choose yeah. the path that you want to go on but a good user experience will make those options really clear and it'll be really easy to follow your own yeah, journey through Absolutely.
0: That. Yeah, Whereas Whereas, um, and now this company, I wouldn't call them as having a bad or poor UX journey as such, but I don't think it's as intuitive and mm. it's not as focused on voice of customer. I don't feel as loved as a user. Um, and this is um, cottages.com. So um, most of it comes down to, how the material is presented, in in my opinion. So, the readability perspective. Um, when they have the, if you um, select a cottage, they've got um, some some great little well um, subheadings of kind of key key points of information. But then they've got cottage description. It's this huge big block of text, which describes what is in the cottage, or you know why you might be interested in the cottage they've not got that website formatting to support that. So I'd love to see things like bold font pulling out sort of key features and maybe more subheadings. It feels very functional and not like someone's been listening to me as as a user and what wow. I want or need when looking at holiday cottages. So yeah. it's it's certainly a very fun, well functioning website in the sense that you know you can you can easily if you know dig deep find out what you want what kind of cottage you want but i just don't feel as loved um yeah. as a yeah. user that yeah. they get me
1: uh, that's really interesting i think that does really bring it to life you know what what user experience can and should look like um and how you can improve it and the difference i guess it, it makes is that pe- returning visitors people will happily if they've had a good experience with something they'll come again um if not the chances are you'll shop around
0: um, yeah and sometimes people can't articulate what they don't like about a product or or a digital product or a website but they just know that they found it clunky yeah and um, and they'll mention that to people They, you know they might not say oh I love that website but they might say I didn't love that website and yeah. they might not recommend it to that's you. much
1: more likely isn't it we yeah <laughs> yeah it's important we should care about the user experience it matters people do yes they may leave a review but more likely they'll just vote with their feet and not come back if you haven't provided a and a simple intuitive of journey for them yeah. so let's get let's get a bit more clear about what ux is and what it isn't because it's one of these terms that can feel a bit jargony you specialize in your experience the ux you know with nav- navigating websites and i understand this to mean leading a website visitor to take a desired action or to take that next logical step with you it's coaching the conversion is that your understanding is that how you would describe it
0: yeah i would i would i would say that um like like all copywriting, that would that would be the, the the way that we want people to to be inspired to to click on to other parts of the website to you know, meet the business's goal of of signing up or making a contact or or purchasing something, but I I think very much of a website as a as a funnel, just like an an email sequence would be um, when people are showing interest in something. So you think about it as the journey that they're going to take through that website. Your traditional copywriting would be quite benefit focused, whereas UX copywriting will incorporate both that benefit-focused messaging and that task-focused. So you're you're channeling them towards that end result. But while doing that, you're like I used in that Airbnb example, you're leveraging their experiences, their own language at every point of the journey. Um, So that people are nodding along and going, yeah, this company really gets me or this service provider really gets me or I want to work with this marketing person because they they get my pain points, they get my desires at every single point of this website and I haven't had to work hard to stop and think about whether yeah. this is for me or not
1: yeah you're just being led and, and those micro yeses that you said are really important just to get people nodding in agreement that yeah i hear you know you, yeah. you hear me that's what i'm thinking so that i feel like that's the messaging part and the user experience part is like you said it's the functionality and how you get yeah. people from one page to another or from um one section um to click on a button to take them to the next relevant section to them in their journey yeah Um, and if the definition of copywriting is writing with the intention of selling then the ux copywriting is it also at its simplest level is it just about removing friction from the process so not making it difficult and not putting barriers in people's way to removing those barriers is that what user experience boils down yes
0: so so even as something as simple as somebody is loving the word, the wording, the messaging that you're giving, but you're making it hard work for them because they've got to scroll back up to the top of the page to find the contact button, or they've got frequently asked questions that at this point on the page would be good for them to click onto. Mm. Um, And you've thought about that as the the copywriter, thinking about where are they at in their level of buyer awareness What questions do they have? What can I put in at certain points that are going to address those points? So it is about, yeah, creating less friction, but you're already thinking about what their barriers are going to be and and addressing those barriers so that you can... You can make it easy for them. Yeah,
1: a classic thing that I think of is when when you describe your the service that you want to sell or the service that you're selling, you talk about the features of the service, but recognizing that the person at the other end may still have hesitation, may still be comparing, may still not necessarily know that they they want to work with you yet at that point injecting some social proof and some testimonials and some evidence and here's some other people that have used this service and what a great experience they've had it's that kind of thing isn't it
0: yeah what quite a lot of people will do is they'll maybe have on their home page they'll have all of their scrolling testimonials coming through but and that that's great and it's good to be able to perhaps look at the different um, testimonials that exist for that service provider, but if you know that somebody's got a particular objection that um, they're likely to have at this point on their journey through the website, you don't have to po- you don't have to point out that objection, but you can support with a snippet of one of your testimonials and really throw it in their face <laughs> to say, mm-hmm. you know, just like so and so who felt that and and this is this problem. yeah and here's how so i thought yeah so the the user is not having to dig deep to find relatability in the testimonials yeah. they've, they've they've had that bit um really pointed out to them
1: there on the page where they're at meeting Absolutely. people where they're at
0: definitely how can
1: we identify our own customers user experience how do we know what people want when they're working
0: with us research um into and this can be tricky if you're very close to the close to your business. We, we we talk about this with branding that we need to know who that ideal client is. But what are they saying? What are they searching for? What is their feelings? What are they doing in their life that's that's preventing them from booking you as a as a service provider, for example? so your instagram polls your actual voice of customer interviews that you'll do with former clients surveys um even just looking at snippets from testimonials looking at forums of what people are are asking questions about on facebook groups yeah about um not necessarily you but you know your type of business and thinking to yourself am i addressing those Concerns am I addressing those um uh, hopes and desires in my copy, yeah, if you can conduct that sort of research and look at audit your website or your digital product or whatever else we're we're talking about with the eye of am I addressing those things, mm. then that's one way to um identify if your customers are having a good user experience. But you can also ask them you could you could sit with somebody and this would work really well with an e commerce site and say, "Okay, can you come in come into come into the office, tell me what button are you gonna press next yeah. you know what um what questions do you still have at this point in the process that we haven't answered how are you feeling are you feeling frustrated when you're on this page because you you can't navigate you don't know how to navigate out of it and even just um taking a small sample of people and and asking them to to give you that feedback can be really really useful
1: it's it's watching them interact with the site isn't it
0: yeah (laughs) Or, or asking them if they've been on a similar site from one of your competitors What is the difference between the way yeah. I've weighed out my site and how my competitors laid out my site it might be that you actually need to have a similar um structure as your competitor because that's what people are used to and mm-hmm. um, maybe you don't go against the grain and have a different sort of way out because that might annoy people yeah. <laughs> you know they might find it difficult to find the information yeah Um,
1: sometimes the messaging the marketing is contradictory isn't it it's like stand out and be yourself and express yourself and then on the other side it will actually if if it works better and people are used to following this process then don't don't fix it you can still you can there is still flexibility and creativity to design your own look and feel thing but the actual underlying skeleton structure needs to work like this because that's what people are expecting
0: yeah an example and and my coach from the from the UX copywriting course that I've I've done uses this as an example. Like you go into the supermarket and you're not gonna find bananas next to tinned beans because that wouldn't be where you would put those two items together. So yeah. we all know that when we go into a supermarket, we're looking for the bananas in one particular area and the tinned beans in another. So it's it's the same sort of thing with with a website. Maybe you need to kind of stick to the norm to make that user experience yeah.
1: better. And I think the important point of all this you know the research is not to assume just not to try and second guess your customer but actually to either ask them to watch them to to get that feedback directly from them is much much more valuable and when you're making assumptions (laughs) you make an ass out of you and me both there's usability tests you can do online it may even be usabilitytesting.com and you can pay a fee I think and Get your web pages tested by a random selection or different people online and get that feedback. So there are screen recording ways to see where people are clicking and heat maps yeah. as well, where people yeah. are clicking on a page.
0: Yeah, like where their where their eye is going, which yeah. we all know that a big block of text is going to be difficult for people to look at. They're going to look at the kind of typical um known pattern is that people kind of read in an F-shape sort of um. Patterns. so if you've got a block of text, they're going to read the very top line down you know the, the first words down a little bit and then they might read another little bit you know there's the a half a line in and then it'll continue down. So if you've broken up your text into headings um or using bold text or even just breaking the color at, at different points, their eye is going to look at things yeah. more that I've not used that usability think myself um, as yet but that certainly is a really good tool my only concern would be depending on the type of business you are and whatnot making sure that you are using users who are likely to use your site right yeah not
1: just random selection
0: <laughs> yeah I, I think sometimes I, I wonder whether that would be quite as useful but saying that I will regularly get my husband to look at things for me because I'm like, as I just said, somebody who doesn't get this. <laughs> does yeah, this to see if sense? it makes sense. Yeah, the sense
1: check the common sense yeah. check. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Are there any other sort of good tips or tools to recommend how we can map our own user journey, customer journeys, or prospects journeys? If they're not quite a customer yet, they may just be considering us. You know, how can we figure it out for ourselves as business owners? I
0: mean, you can, and you'll you'll know this from click through rates, you know, that your Google Analytics or whatever that will show where people have come from. So if they're coming from your Instagram account, for example, onto your, onto your website, because you know, the mark, the the messaging that you've got on your Instagram account, you know, you're thinking about, well, what level of awareness do they have? So they're, they know and understand um, most about my product or my service, but they're maybe not quite ready to, you know, sign up, contact me or to buy.
1: But they certainly, yeah, they've certainly got. They're aware of your product or your service. They've got that level of awareness, haven't they? And they,
0: yeah, they maybe just need a little bit more, uh, you know, understanding about whether you're the right person to provide it, yeah, to them, them. yeah. Um, or if it's an e-commerce site, you know, they need a little bit more detail about the nitty-gritty of the product, you know, and then whether that's going to to work for them as as the potential buyer. So mapping out a typical person who's come from Instagram. Um, And you might know that information about, you know, the age or the location or or whatever from your analytics, from your website analytics, thinking about what questions that they would have and what their pain points and desires are. So you're building on the other voice of customer research that you've perhaps already done and thinking about, okay, that particular user, they're going to come in. They're going to be asking these questions. Am I addressing those questions? That particular user might go straight to my about page. Have I provided an easy link for them to get to that about page? Because that's going to help answer those questions. Whereas my next user, who's found me on a typical um, search engine search, uh, is going to come in maybe knowing very little about me.
1: Yeah, more cold. Yeah,
0: Yeah, a a colder sort of um, buyer or having less uh, awareness so you can't speak to necessarily everybody, but you are being conscious that you're going to have people coming in at different different points. And um, so, just doing a, a bit of a check of okay, am I answering those that type of person's questions? Am I am I tapping into them? But am I also tapping into to them as well like where are they going to go yeah. next um just
1: trying to match people's expectations as much as possible meet them where they're at as much as
0: possible.
1: yeah yeah um yeah it's a challenge isn't it that home page is a challenge <laughs> um to get the message in just right and get that value proposition right but there are signposts and navigational tools that you use to get people to where they need to be fast yeah um, yeah. yeah okay um, what are three things that that let's say three I'm just throwing it out there? But what are some things that we can do to improve the usability of our own websites? Are there any simple tweaks that that we can make to improve that user experience?
0: Well, definitely, one thing would be like like I've said before, getting eyes on your site or your, or on your digital product, whether that's a sales page or or even your social social media, that getting that feedback from from people about whether this is answering their questions and and, and the natural uh, intuitive way that they would be guided through through a site so that would be one thing another one is is it sounds super simple and um, but it's it's something that is forgotten about so often particularly if people are DIying the design of their own website um, but not always sometimes this this happens if they're working with a designer as well and um, is to think about the formatting for the readability of their website so or or any other product an email for example is there enough empty space between the different elements are you allowing the words to breathe Mm -hmm. so that people can digest them like we were saying about before about that kind of f shape additional way that people might read are you center aligning your text which can be quite clunky to look at and follow with the eye or are you left aligning it are you breaking up whole chunks of text um, that's like effectively a list into bullet points um, so that it's, again, easy to to look at. So um, this is great
1: for the scrollers and the skimmers, and many of us are skim readers, aren't we? We just want to get the gist first to see, is it worth me spending time on poring over this?
0: Absolutely. um, Short paragraphs, text in bold or in different colours, you know, just so that it's really stand out that would be the second tip yeah
1: yeah one thing that um, I struggled with when I was building my website is using templates working with templates sometimes they feel like the magic cure you know you can buy the pretty template and my website's going to look like this but when it comes to actually fitting copy into that template doesn't always work it doesn't always follow that sequence does it can you talk to that a little bit
0: yeah it can um it can create frustration as a, a business owner if you're putting the words into fit, you know, 50 words, you know, but actually you've got 60 and you really want to use 60. And yeah. you well, really maybe want you've to... got a lot more to say than that into that little box. Isn't exactly. It? And you know that you don't want a big block of text, you know that you want to break it down, but the templates kind of preventing you from doing that. So. If it's creating frustration for you, <laughs> it's going to f- create frustration um, for for a user as well, perhaps. But it might be that you, you're you wanting to reframe an objection by using a testimonial at that point. And actually, you don't want it to fit in that particular box in the template. You want it to be in another box in a different color. It's, it's a tricky one because using a template can be a really affordable and perhaps time efficient way to, to build a website website but if you do have the luxury of using a, a website designer that can can manipulate a template or can build mm. something from scratch it will perhaps speak to your user a little yeah. bit easier as well my third and um, kind of tip to improve the usability of a site is to to create less confusion for people so really thinking about um your messaging. So if we use a a service provided example, a a running coach where one of their business goals is to get more people to sign up for their email newsletter, the voice of customer research might be that people are regularly having a bit of a I'll start again on Monday sort of mentality about their food habits or their training habits. So instead of having um, some copy um that says sign up for my newsletter to get some nutrition tips and um, sign up here being the or subscribe being the button and the, mm-hmm. the kind of call to action button copy you could use that voice of customer um actual wording so it could be something like break the start again on monday cycle sign up for regular emails for empowerment and growth let's build a positive relationship with food exercise body image while nurturing a resilient mindset are you ready to start thriving today and then the button could be break the cycle and thrive
1: yeah so as yeah. opposed
0: to saying just sign up yeah they've got that understanding see. of what benefit is going to be to them
1: yeah I can see how that is so much more compelling you're painting the scenario you're getting inside their head they're nodding along yeah that's me I need to break yeah and um and the the copy matches the thought process
0: yeah and okay not every single person on your site is having this issue with feeling like they have to start again every Monday because they they don't have the mindset for for their thing but based on research you might find that that's a lot of your Mm. clients who are coming to you as the running coach are having that and even those that that isn't them they can get that that is something that they could fall into the trap of of doing so they yeah. just are still feeling compelled to sign up for the newsletter
1: yeah I think don't be afraid to address your one true reader and have that one person in mind because that doesn't mean it's going to be a turnoff to anyone who's not in that mindset but they can relate as long as it's relatable yeah um, does that user experience apply to other parts of a business process over and above software
0: I think I think it can I mean I think if as long as We think of user experience as being anywhere where we're trying to provide great customer service. And I'm I'm sure all businesses, that's exactly what they want to to do and want to be known for is providing great customer service. Anywhere where you can make that friction or friction points less of a friction, (laughs) the better. If you're, you know, onboarding a client or providing the materials that you said that you would provide as part of your service, are you are you creating barriers for them to to work with you or are you making it making it easy so it something as simple as you 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 signed me up for this podcast and we didn't have to go backwards and forwards on email with what time is going to suit and oh that doesn't suit me I've got childcare issues or whatever you just said these are the times you gave me a calendar invite these are the times that are going to work for me you pick right. something that works for you
1: the beauty and of having cool. a scheduler that's what I've got now it's all linked to my calendar
0: <laughs> yeah You
1: can just book in exactly
0: and then they you get the zoom link exactly and all those sorts of things Mm -hmm. and that sounds so simple but just having that sort of facility is therefore making a great user experience you know it's it's not causing friction in the in the process
1: that's the difference between providing a standard service and a premium service claire it's been fantastic thank you so much uh, for shedding some light on this topic
0: where can people find you find me via my website and wordcraftservices.co.uk on Instagram I'm quite active on Instagram wordcraftclare and you'll also find me on LinkedIn Yes, so you can you can find me there you have been listening to the cracking copy
1: podcast with Ella Hoyos and Minnie McBride don't miss out on future episodes by making sure you hit subscribe down below to keep up with all our podcasts and more details and resources are in our show notes